0: Welcome to Fragments, the podcast from the Centre for Blast Injury Studies at Imperial College London. I'm Sarah. I'm Shruti. And what are we talking about today? We are going to talk about the Invictus Games. I'm quite looking forward to this one because I don't have I don't have to do anything, I can just sit here and (laughs) ask questions. Let's start from the beginning. What are the Invictus Games? So, the
1: Invictus Games are a para sports competition that was set up by Prince Harry, and the first one, um, first games, were held in London in March 2014. Prince Harry went to the Warrior Games in America, and this is a US para competition for veterans who are, who are dealing with long-term injuries from war. Prince Harry came back from that and was like, I, I want to do this for the UK, I want to bring it to the UK. So he set this up, and in the first year, 14 countries were invited, and all of those nations, or a lot of the nations that we fight alongside in, in our conflicts, were invited too. Every nation sent a team except one, which was Iraq, who in the first year didn't. Um, but there were over there were around about three hundred competitors that first year from across the world. And And all wounded veterans. All wounded veterans. And it was. Pretty, a pretty big thing. I did that's, that's a pretty big <laughs> thing. Was all right,
0: yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Um, that was the start of the Invictus Games, as 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 it's expanded to today. So after that first games, um, the Invictus Games Foundation was set up, which is like the overseeing body of the Invictus Games to, um, you know, do the logistics of countries bidding for it. Um, so you bid like the Olympics. They're putting a exactly like every other sports event. So the first one in twenty fourteen was in London, and then was there it in was the old Olympics. Yes, it was. So So a lot of it was was at the um, um, Queen Elizabeth Park. And then in November of that same year, um, it was announced that Orlando in America would would get the next one. And there was a year off so that Orlando could prepare and and fund it, etc. And then the year after that was Toronto. Um, That was was last year, in fact, was Toronto. Um, And this year, the games that we're currently in the middle of are being held in Sydney. Going forward, they, the foundation decided actually it'll be held every two years, just to it's getting so much bigger, giving people time to prepare. So the one in 2020 will be The Hague in the Netherlands, a little bit more local for us if we want a quick trip over. We're going to be going to that one. Yeah. So why is it called Invictus? So Invictus in Latin means unconquerable. I think that sums up the Invictus Games. It's about being unconquerable and probably no parts of the poem, if you don't know the whole of the poem. But the key, the key two lines I think most people will know at the the end of, I'm the
0: master of my fate, I'm, I'm the captain, captain of my, my soul. I think it's one of those things you kind of half know, but you don't really know why or where it comes from, but you recognise it. As yeah. You hear
1: it. Um, and so the poem was written by William Ernest Henley in 1875 and you you read it and it's I think it's one of those poems I mean last week we talked about art that meant something different to every person and this is I think one of the poems that does just that I think because the the poem is about struggles and not yielding to your struggles and and overcoming it and powering through and so I guess everyone has their own their own struggles that are personal to them I think he's quite relevant to us because he was an amputee yes he was. So he contracted TB at the age of 12, and it went right through to his bone, which was the reason for
0: his for his amputation. He was treated by Joseph Lister, in Edinburgh. So the same doctor that did work on antiseptics was his doctor and saved his other leg. Yeah. There you go. Useless fact. relevant. Ish. <laughs> Remember it for a pub quiz. All right. Um, so I think,
1: yeah, Invictus is, is that powerful. And, and you might have seen it's the yellow and black branding, mm-hmm. I am Invictus, and the I am is the... They are unconquerable. They have survived stuff that we in the civilian world probably can't even imagine. And not only have they survived, but they are driving through to achieve and a totally you mm. know, and showing, you know, they are unconquerable and that's the sentiment behind it. And it you really feel that the the broadcasting of the competition. Unfortunately I have never been to one. Um what are my aims in life? Be a bioengineer, a biomedical engineer at the Invictus Games. So, to support those people who are out there, prosthetic isn't working, there's the puncture in their tire,
0: something that sounds really <laughs> arbitrary. But, you know, I've if just anyone. I've got a picture of you, like the Formula One pit stop where they run in and you're there, like shh, and fix it and send them back out again. I love in that picture. I, ha- I never <laughs> had that
1: before, but now. you're
0: listening, just an idea. Um,
1: <laughs> just a suggestion. Yeah, so that that is, I guess, the story behind Invictus, and it's there to. To really inspire, I think one of, the, one of the sentiments that really came out actually at the first Invictus game, that the launch of it was this is so our wounded veterans can, it gives them something to drive for a motivation and it gives them an opportunity to represent their country once more and there is a real, you feel the buzz. That comes and it was the interview last year with Prince Harry was testament to how much it means to to him but also the others that compete Um, because it's a military in the military environment I don't really know how to explain a military environment those listening who have been in a military environment you probably understand like there are things that you can say and jokes you can make and a camaraderie that there is that there just isn't in in a different walk of life and it probably just wouldn't be appropriate, to be honest, in, in other walks of life. And I think I think that is as important as the Games itself. You don't see the same level from every participant that you would see, for example, like at the Paralympics. But that's not really what this is about. No, it's not. And I think it was last year, one of the relay races. I want to say it was the GB team. I think someone fell over. There was a problem with passing. And... The rest of the teams, I'm pretty sure, had finished by the time that last runner had even got their bat on. They ran anyway, and they sprinted to the end because it was a matter of pride. It was a matter of finishing it. Yes, it's nice to have the medals, and there is a pride that comes with that, but it's about, you know what, we came here to finish this race, and that is what we're going to do, and we are going to do it the best we can. It's
0: that kind of determination to achieve what you set out to do. Yeah. kind of. Definitely. No matter where they're from, what their injury is, why they happen to be there, they've got this shared experience amongst everybody. Yeah. Like all 500
1: competitors. Yeah. The, the way I imagine it is they're putting on a, a uniform of a sort... And there's something about, you know, you've got a uniform on, you're representing your country and you're with people who have been through what you've been through or something similar and that camaraderie is back. and it's
0: uh, So it's obviously it's all over social media at the moment because we're right in the middle of the games. There's a quote they've been pushing quite hard and they pushed quite a lot before the game started from a veteran saying that it's another chance to serve their country, Yeah, basically. I enjoy following the Invictus Games um, on Twitter. It's been interesting following all the lead up to it and all the training and what's been going on. It's probably on BBC iPlayer, but it is being shown on BBC One a week. So it started last Friday, and it's going to be on. I want to say till Sunday.
1: Yes, it's the 20th. The actual games themselves are started on the twentieth, and they go on to the twenty seventh. Um, but yeah, the Friday episode was something I think they did last year as well. Was they um, did a TV program three different Invictus competitors and their journey through that. So their training through selection and their journey to the Games. I think it was called Journey to the Games, in fact. They, they tried to vary it up, so it's it's... Some people have an amputation, some people it might be a mental health uh, injury. They're different things and they're originally different sports. And I think that's another thing that's, from what I know, unique about about the Invictus Games, which you don't see in other power competitions, is that in the different categories, one of those categories is for those who have been affected by something like PTSD. So post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, so it's not just about those
0: who have got physical injuries from the war, but they're impacted in other ways. It's recognising psychological injury can be just as debilitating. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say devastating. That wasn't the word. Debilitating. I both.
1: To be honest, I just I think that is really important because so often, especially now, if we're talking about you know shell shock, PTSD,
0: people lump them together. And I guess Sarah, you're probably you've got a lot. <laughs> I know you've got to <laughs> say about that. Yes, um, I can say it very quickly uh, that it's it seems to be coming up a lot at the moment as so we're getting closer to Remembrance Day and we're starting to look at what happened to veterans who came home, to the ones who survived but with long-term injuries or injuries that had a, an effect on the rest of their lives and there's been so much stuff equating PTSD to shell shock or saying no, veterans had shell shock. We'd now call it PTSD. It's not the same thing, and please stop saying that it is. Sarah feels very Elequently. passionately about this. Yes, it's not the same thing at all, and I feel like it does a disservice to anyone who's had either of them to so, just lump them together in on one big thing, saying it's a psychological injury, it's all the same thing, doesn't matter. It does. So, shell shock is a type of PTSD. They have slightly different symptoms, things you'd look for for shell shock. Well, things they looked for for shell shock aren't necessarily the same for PTSD. And shell shock tends to happen kind of in the middle of conflict, whereas PTSD can happen up years afterwards and isn't necessarily linked to conflict. You can have it for kind of any traumatic experience. See, so, yeah, but I think I think coming back to Invaders, it's important that they
1: are recognised as a wounded veteran as well, because just because you can't see an injury, there isn't a leg missing, or it's still important. Which is, I guess, something that could be taken into the rest of the world as well to appreciate that. But I think we're getting better, but I don't think we're there yeah. at all. But I think this is a really important step. I think once it's been put in this big international competition, it's like, oh, there's a category for them. Must which means, it, Yeah, exactly. It's that inclusivity. It's about bringing everyone in. It doesn't matter where you served, how you served, or what your injury is, you're
0: still there, you're still part of that team. So, just to prove I have actually done something this week, apart from just ask questions, uh, I was going to talk about kind of a forerunner to Infectious Games that started after the First World War, because we have to talk about the First World War in every podcast, but I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it was something I read at the start of my PhD about six months ago, and it was really interesting, and I told True to you all about it, and I can't find it again. I do remember you telling me...
1: About- about something and it was in the middle i feel like it was in the midlands in the middle of nowhere and no one turned up
0: it was definitely a thing so it was kind of an, basically a, a games a public games for veterans and they had all different kinds of races to show what it was mostly amputees what amputees could do i want to say they played cricket against the women of the hospital because it was thought the women were an appropriate Ow, opponent, opponent. For a one-legged man. I definitely didn't imagine this whole thing because I remember being quite annoyed by that. Like, I'm not very good at sports, but I definitely could outrun one legged man. Considering they don't they didn't have prosthetics at this point. Yeah. I'm just I can
1: feel the anger building inside me. <laughs> what what fully
0: abled middle-aged white man decided that was a thing? Many. <laughs> I imagine many of them because women and ladies can't do sports. They sold tickets to the public. They had a prince giving, I can't remember which prince, George the something, or Edward the something, uh, gave out the prizes, still sounding quite familiar. Nobody turned up, they sold about four tickets, and it was so unsuccessful, they never ran it again. So if anyone does know what Sarah is talking about, can you let us know, please?
1: Uh, Twitter, Instagram? Email see <laughs> this. <Something, laughs> please tell please. Me I'm not going
0: completely um, insane.
1: Because I just nod and smile, and I do remember her telling me this six months ago. But
0: um, um, I can tell you about a second World War thing. Okay. If that's of any help at Why all? not? Okay. Games like it. this. So this is actually where the Paralympics came from. Okay. More than Invictus. But Space Invictus kind of comes from the Paralympics, doesn't it? So this one actually comes from the second World War, and it was a German doctor called Dr. Ludwig Gutmann. And he came to the UK escaping the Nazis. Uh, That's actually a whole other interesting story. He was a very interesting man. Um, But he ended up working in stoke Mandeville. So he was a specialist in treating spinal cord injuries. So at this point, there's basically nothing. I don't know if there's nothing they can do or there's nothing they bother to do. If you have a spinal cord injury, you're paralysed. You're expected to die in a few weeks when he was a medical kind of registrar like a, quite a junior doctor he was writing up case notes for a miner a coal miner who'd had he'd fractured his spinal cord couldn't move mm-hmm. and he was told, told not to bother cuz he'll be dead in a few weeks and he was he died of infection and bed sores because he didn't get care that you would have I mean bed sores quite easily preventable you just keep Save moving that. the patient but unfortunately, a lot of patients end up with bed sores. And, but like fatal, to the point where they're fatal. And you can, if you put enough care in, you can. It's not like we don't know where they come from, we don't know how to treat them, they're preventable. Anyway, in 1944, he moves to the Spinal Injury Centre at Stoke Mandeville Hospital. Uh, and one of the ways he introduced change into rehabilitation for these kind of injuries is he introduced sport and competition. Because obviously, it's servicemen, veterans. They are quite naturally competitive, and in this kind of environment, that's going to increase that competitiveness. Lad culture of the, uh, of the uh, 1940s. Uh, 1940s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, events. So, in a couple of years, 1948, he sets up the Stoke Mandeville Games, and this and that becomes a forerunner of the Paralympics, basically. It's interesting that you're talking about this. Actually, hmm. it's triggered
1: my memories. Yeah. Um, so, I did. In my masters, we talked about rehabilitation, people with, with disabilities, and what would motivate them, drive them to to want to do their rehab, to give them a goal. I think across the country, as a result of um, the Paralympics becoming higher profile, the Invictus Games things, more and more disability sports centres are becoming a, a thing um, and are being set up, and it's having a positive effect because I mean, they don't get I guess the fitter people are the more likely they are to be able to to adapt to, to that situation, you're more likely to, to get up and, and want to have that motivation. I'm not saying it's a cure for mental health, but it gives it you helps, a reason, so, yeah. yeah. And I, I think there is evidence that shows that people are benefiting from sport, and sport is a way of, of bringing people together, and it's a thing that gives them a hook, a motivation. It's sociable, you see people... And you meet people and you you get out the house and people who are experiencing things similar without it being a support group. I mean, I know full well that I probably would not want to go to something that was branded as a support group because it's got...
0: Um, yeah, I think it's that combination of it's social, it's you get all the chemicals that's good for your kind of your mood. Yeah. <laughs> Endorphin. And you can see yourself progressing and getting better. Uh, so, this is the first time that this is where the Paralympics kind of originate from. It was held, the Stoke Mandeville Games was held at the same time as the London Summer Olympics, probably not by accident, and that's something that's carried on. So, for a while, it was just, uh, it became an annual thing, but it was just veterans from the UK or patients from the UK and then in 1952 it becomes international and they get competitors mm. from the Netherlands. So the first wheelchair team sport comes from 1944 and that was wheelchair polo. So we've spoken about wheelchair team games becoming increasingly popular, this is where it comes from. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things, the individual sports they had was archery because you only need your upper body strength the patients could compete with people who weren't in wheelchairs. So they would go to just regular archery clubs for competitions and they could win. It becomes popular very quickly within eight years. It's the first Paralympic Games is held in Rome. And then from there it becomes the Summer Paralympics that we know now. And from then we get the Warrior Games and we're back to Invictus.
1: Hmm. Should we wrap that up there? Um, Yeah, so thanks for listening to this week's Fragment. I would encourage you to watch the Invictus Games, even if it's an episode, it's being broadcast
0: on BBC. We've still got a few days left, it finishes yes. in three days' time, and yep. the rest will be on iPlayer. As usual, if you want to get in touch, please do, we're on uh, Twitter at trbl underscore cbis, we're also on there individually, I'm at legsdixon, I'm at Shruti turner, uh, and we set up an Instagram a few weeks ago, Yeah, we are at, again, trbl underscore cbis, please follow us because nobody else is.
1: And if you want to start a conversation, join a conversation with us, um, hashtag CBIS Fragments.
0: Thanks for listening. Thanks. We'll see you for our next fragment.